Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And uh, good morning to you um, on this August, no, it's not August, September, September Thursday, the uh, 8th, the 6th, I don't know. So don't ask me about no dates. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what month it is. I think it's 2018, but I'm about to be all messed up because the Jewish New Year's coming up, and that means it's 57-something or other. I can't keep track of that either. Anyway, Um, never a dull moment, I think, is a phrase that is uh, apt for these times. Uh... Never a dull moment. For those of you like me who are desperate for a dull moment, uh, I think I think we're screwed. Where to start? Yowie, yowie, yowie. So you would have thought that uh, Bob Woodward's book would be front and center for weeks. Bob Woodward's book? What are you talking about? Uh, It it has been totally eclipsed in uh, less than 24 hours by this anonymous opinion piece published in the New York Times. It's in the print edition today. It got out uh, on uh, late yesterday afternoon. I needn't tell you, purportedly written by a senior official in the Trump administration. And it pretty much coincides with what we have come to learn is in Bob Woodward's book, Fear. None of what we hear from either Bob Woodward or this anonymous source inside the White House None of it is surprising. Is anybody surprised by any any of the revelations that have come out in either of these pieces? No. Because if you've been paying attention, uh, and I, you, you know this is what is, and you know that there is a man now Uh, holding the title of President of the United States, who is wholly unfit for the office. And our Constitution has, uh, has remedies for such an unfortunate event. Um, there is, of course, impeachment, There is also the 25th Amendment. Uh, But none of that has happened with this totally unfit president. Instead, what you have is a kind of sham presidency going on. Uh, You have an unfit president surrounded by people who are scrambling on a daily basis to ameliorate the damage that the president is doing. And that's, I I, I just want to say this. I thought the one thing that Trump got right (laughs) when he was, responding to this latest uh, shoe to drop. Uh, He called the author of the anonymous piece gutless and a coward. And I concur. I concur with that assessment. I really do. For anybody who is serving in that White House, 
um, aware that they are serving a lunatic, uh, a man who operates on just sheer emotion and impulse. Uh, it is not their job to write anonymous opinion pieces. It is their job to come out, literally, and say what they want to say, but say it to the president's face in a letter of resignation, and then to say it to all of us. I mean, this, whoever's done this, and the speculation, of course, is killing us. I think this person is going to be outed rather quickly. Who's ever doing this is doing it for the same kind of cynical reasons that so many people who operate in the political realm um, employ uh, constantly which is, this is a mess. I'm going to try to save myself. I'm going to try to be looked at as someone who did a courageous thing, who did the right thing. I want to get um, into a place where I won't be seen as one of them when the history books get written. I mean, I, it's so clearly self-serving. So whoever this person is, I in no way tip my hat to them. I in no way congratulate them on their, what, courage? There's no courage exhibited here at all. It might well be that this person knows they will eventually be outed and they want to be fired. They want to be uh, known. They want to make the rounds. They want a book deal. I don't know. And they want to be seen as a, a sober person who tried mightily to keep the ship of state from going off the rails a nautical and a railroad image together. That didn't work. Anyway, whoever this is, I can't stand them. As to whether or not the New York Times should have printed it, yeah, I'm, I'm ambivalent. I think um, the, the sort of tsunami effect we've been getting of late of, you know, shoes dropping every, with a Woodward book and this thing, and it, it'll just now keep coming at a faster and faster clip as uh, the indictments pile up, as convictions pile up, as the president's paranoia, which now is totally justified, by the way. Uh, there are people out to get him. There are people in his own White House out to get him. And uh, he knows that. And so I think the thing that all of us need to know is that the world has become not less dangerous but more dangerous because Donald Trump, as a paranoid, cornered, hunted animal is a very, very dangerous thing. And make no mistake, there are still people around him who support him, who enable him, even though I now suspect he's not sure who they all are. Uh... But when we have seen Trump in the last few months trying to rid himself of people he ceases to trust and to bring in people who he feels he can. So he is quickly being 
surrounded more and more by people less inclined to do this in-house subversion to uh, snatch papers from his desk or whatever they have been doing to forget that he gave them an order knowing that full well uh, that he'll forget um, he is now going to surround himself by people who will I think do what he wants I think we're heading into a very very frightening time not that we aren't already there and have been ever since his election but I I think this is a frightening frightening time because he's capable of just rather, he'll never go quietly, heaven knows, but he might go like, uh, you know, he might take us all down with him some way. But I continue to find the most abhorrent group and people in this sordid story the most sordid story in American history. I find the worst, the Republican Party, who continue to support him, who now, as we speak, are continuing to try to ram through his Supreme Court nominee, and you tell me how a president who is essentially an unindicted co-conspirator in a felony criminal case, a man who we are being told by those closest to him and around him, albeit anonymously, that he is flat out nuts, crazy, cornered, mean, and this guy, who could well end up in that orange jumpsuit that his own lawyer suggested, this man gets to choose this most consequential Supreme Court seat, while Barack Obama had that seat open to him with most of his last year in office remaining, it was his seat to fill. The Republicans, these shameless, power-hungry, unprincipled, unmoored Republicans did not allow the president who was supposed to fill this seat, would not allow him to do it. All of a sudden, there was a Congress that stood up to the president. And as soon as the president became a member of their own party, even though he was unfit, even though he was unhinged, they ceased to stand up. They cease their obligation as one of the branches of our government, equal branches of our government, to check the excesses of the executive branch or the judicial branch. No, because they don't care about anything other than getting America into a place that is safe for billionaires. That seems to be their only, the only thing they really care about. Giving corporations more power, letting them run roughshod over water and air and employees. That's why they've been willing to jettison even a semblance 
of morality just to get that payoff from the people they serve. And I, I saw somebody point out how whoever wrote this op-ed piece is really trying to have it both ways. He or she is calling out Trump looking like a hero, but at the same time is an apologist for the policies that they have hung with Trump for. They're trying to keep the power, but get rid of the guy who got him to the White House. So I find this a self-serving, yeah, so what else is new? Uh gutless piece. Whoever this turns out to be, I probably hated them before. I find out who they are and I will continue having zero respect for them uh, when they are outed. By the way, the outing of whoever this is uh, is inevitable. Um, even if they themselves don't do it. There are people now called forensic linguists and it is uh, the skill of a forensic linguist to take a piece like this and to note certain locutions, certain word choices, uh, <coughs> how it is structured, and then to look at other writings from senior officials in the White House until they find some that seem to dovetail nicely with this writing. And little by little, they end up being able to make a very educated guess as to who the author is. Um, one issue, uh, according to one such uh, sleuth, uh, is that with uh, public persons, people in high places, the, their writings are often not written by themselves, right? So, uh, or it's, it's, it's written a bit by themselves, then it's worked over by an editor of some sort. And so to a forensic, uh, to a forensic linguist, that's like uh, dirtying up the evidence with uh, other people's fingerprints. Uh, and, and that might make the case a, a little bit more, more difficult. But, you know, this guy, this, I don't know, male, female, writes, like-minded colleagues and I have vowed to thwart the president's worst impulses. Well, how courageous of you. First of all, that's not the oath you took, is it? No. Uh, it means there's a, a group. He's saying there's a, a little, they, they know who each other is. They, they, there's a group there who consider themselves the adults in the room. And they think they're doing the country a great service. And so do the Republicans in Capitol Hill. On Capitol Hill think they're doing a great service because they're managing to keep this president in power by mucking up his stuff enough so that he doesn't appear as deranged and unfit as he in fact is. 
again, this is not what the Constitution suggests. The Constitution says if you're in the White House and you see an unfit president, there are things you are to do. They aren't doing those things. They are being self-serving. They're trying to protect their behinds, hold on to their power, and still manage to come down on the right side of history. Not the way I'm going to write this history. We have a caller? Go ahead, caller. Hello. Hi, Lynn. This is Beth calling. Hi. And just wanted to call and say, when we saw this news yesterday, our first thought was that this thing's a big bruise um, for a couple reasons. One, look at it. It's officially the start of the political season, as Labor Day has always marked. Two, this is getting the Kavanaugh hearing and the serious missteps and questions of the Kavanaugh hearing. You know, off all the talk shows, off all the, the yappers on all cable TV, etc. And we're now talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why this was really dropped when this was dropped. Well, yes, I mean, I, it, I it is a know, dis- I don't know if this is real or not. Yeah. And also, furthermore, <clears throat> this is now going to bring out Mr. Orangehead's base because he's always said there's a government within the government, all this stuff. Well, guess what? By the words this person has specifically chosen, it's just adding fuel to that fire. Yeah, I do have and a... why would you release yeah. it to the New York Times? <clears throat> why the Times? Are you trying to disgrace them still as the paper of record? I just, I don't know. I think this this thing is a fake. I really do. Well, so you don't have, I mean, I I still have a modicum of uh, respect for the Times editorial uh, board, and I've got to believe that they have vetted, they wouldn't have done this if they did not think that this was, I don't know, legitimate in some way. I mean, you know, I hope, I hope, I hope, and, and I'm hoping that, but I guess in my prior life of politics, I saw some very talented and very competent um, journalists who were pains in the butt to certain politicians. And I saw stories done just like this, just for that rush for them to get it out. And then their credibility is gone. And again, I guess just because of seeing it firsthand, this is what has me seriously questioning if this thing is real. Oh, boy. It can just do too much damage. It can Mm -hmm. just do too much damage. Well, you know, I mean, I isn't this amazing that we just don't trust anything anymore? You might be right. I mean, I'm not going to say... That this could—I hope I, to God I'm wrong. I really do. Well, I do think it's a self-serving piece, but I don't know that it's serving in the way you're suggesting it is. That it's as—hmm. I don't know. How long do you think before we'll know who wrote it? Um, I'm going to say as we get—I'll say probably mid-October. I'll, that would be my bet. Really. I think it'll be quicker yeah, than that. So. I think it'll be quicker than well, that because, come on. It, again, if it's, well, if, think about it. If this thing is being done to, again, bring out his base in these midterms so we don't have any other questions as far as the validity of our current election. Yeah. Um, I'm saying this is going to play out like a soap opera. You know, if you're going to find the one... Then it's going to be exposing others, and you're just going to have that weekly or bi-weekly drop right up to the election. God help us. I hope, Like I said, I, I know this is so, it's kind of out there, but this is what, you know, been thinking about since last night. This, And again, this isn't a profile in courage. And let's be honest, nobody in political office, especially on the Republican side, is taking their oath of office seriously. No, they are not. They are not, and it, no. it is it is unforgivable. They should all be impeached. So it, and it, you know what? I, I I'm to the point now. I agree with Bill Maher. Let's start calling them what they are, traitors. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's it, it's 
and I will also say, like I said, you have, how do you have Tom Perez sitting there as the head of the Democratic Party? I mean, you have the most inept administration, the most vile president in the history of our nation, and yet it is like just a calm, normal day over at the DNC. Yeah, I know. You I, can you can I hear the crickets. Their, I know. I don't know, either. I don't understand their fundraising. I don't understand anything that's going on over there. No, I agree. And and there has to be a massive. There should have been already a massive shakeup over there, but there isn't. But well, I think the voters. Our, the, my initial thoughts the last night. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think. Uh, I think Democratic voters are going to shake that party up as they are uh, in some districts. I think we'll see uh, more and more incumbents going down to younger, fresher, uh, newer folks. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we're in for some very scary times, as if it hasn't yeah, been definitely. thus. Yeah, definitely are and like i said i just again remembering from my old political days all right you know you always ran the camp you always ran the campaign but you know think of the regular season started after labor day and it's just the way this dropped the way it dropped after mccain's funeral when you had a lot of people kind of i don't know looking in retrospect of this is this was the america we miss yeah and it's just feeding I, I don't know like i said to me this just seems like a well-orchestrated Thing. And I hope I'm, I, like I said, I hope I'm wrong. Okay. I hope you're wrong, too. All right, you. <laughs> Bye. Okay, you take care, Bye. Yay, 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 yay. Okay, let's get to some of your emails. I, uh, even though I enjoyed the irritation that is, this has caused the orange one, I must admit it's a poor strategy to let him know the plan. I do believe the Times made sure it was real before they published it. I agree the writer by no means is a hero or patriot. They're all enablers. Uh, Denise writes, While I agree with you that I wish the anonymous author of that op-ed would out themselves, I also remind myself that we are, as you put it, dealing with a lunatic. In trying to understand why a senior-level person would do this, I'm left with a couple of thoughts. Either they will use this as cover when the Mueller report comes out to paint themselves as a true patriot. Well, I think that's clearly one of the things going on here. Or they are legitimately alarmed and feel this information must get out. That's also possible. But are fearful of the reaction of Trump whom we know to be viciously vindictive or fearful of his fanatical supporters who may put them and their families in real danger. Okay. All that's possible, but I would say then that I will continue to say that I agree with Trump and that whoever did this is a coward. You know, these are the times when cowardice is everywhere. And if this person is, is situating themselves to be seen as a brave person uh, <laughs> I think they've done a pretty lousy job of it it is not brave to hide it is not brave to hide behind a cloak of anonymity it is courageous to stand up anyway I'm not saying you're incorrect about all the thinking that might be going on in this person's head I would hope that if the person is so compelled to write this letter he or she will feel similarly obligated to reveal themselves so we may give it the appropriate weight it deserves well fine I yeah I, they'll either they'll come out or they will be um, they will be outed uh, Chuck says, doesn't the New York Times know the identity of the author? Wouldn't their decision to publish it or not depend on whether they found the author to be credible? I'm okay with the Times publishing it. A letter like this is unprecedented, and in these unprecedented times, we need to fight fire with fire. I have to trust the New York Times on this. Um, yeah, I would feel that they would have done quite a bit of due diligence because this is not uh, what they would normally do allow a an anonymous uh, opinion piece 
Um, they've done a few times in the past and almost always because someone literally was in, uh, in, in danger of losing their lives if they were. I don't think that's the case here. I think they think they're doing a public service, that it needs to be known. Um, so that some people in the New York Times know this guy's or person's um, identity, but their editorial staff, their reporters, do not. Uh, so it's, a, it's an odd kind of a thing. Uh, Brooke says last night just about every talking head had a theory, <laughs> I bet, about the identity of the New York Times editorialist. And although many were on the Pence bandwagon, oh yeah, I see that because the word lodestar is used. And that's something that, again, those forensic, forensic guys would have noted. That's not a word most people use. I don't use it. I bet you don't use it. Apparently, the vice president uses that word a lot. So that could be uh, something he dropped there that would out him. I just don't see, I, I don't see, my sense of Pence is he's a coward. So it fits in that regard. But I think he's such a coward he wouldn't even dare to do this. Seeing, I'm, I'm thinking if he just bides his time, he's going to be the president. And so why not just let all this fall apart around you, but don't get involved in looking like you're pushing the president out, since you're the one who that would benefit. I, I have no idea. And then many were quick to point out that use of that word was likely purposeful to throw us off, <laughs> right? Yeah, we don't know. If it was Pence, he would end up being a, the hero in the end. No, no, he will never be a hero. I'm being told our callers' voices are going in and out. Jesus. Um, Roger writes, did you see John Brennan being asked on this morning's MSNBC's Morning Joe how Brennan would do a psychological profile on Trump if Trump was a leader of another country, if asked by presidents he had worked with? There was a lot of laughing before he could answer. Funny, but really not funny at all. Yeah. Okay, we have a call. Let's test this. Hello, caller. Your voice may go in and out. I doubt it. I speak loudly. <laughs> Clarence. Hi, Clarence. Hi. Hello. Hi. Uh, my theory. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, we had the... Um, Trump being dissed for the McCain funeral. His ego gets punched. Woodward Books comes out. His ego gets punched. <laughs> and now this. I think Trump is going to have like a nervous breakdown in public. You know, people are going to see like that behind the scenes um, Trump, you know, going crazy and cussing for a half an hour and going off this, going, you know. Becoming unhinged. So you think you think there's sort of a a piling on going on with people trying to push him to the point where he he really will show himself. Yes, I don't think it's intentional. I think it's going to happen though. I don't think that there's like a big you know plan to ha have him become unhinged in public, but I think he will. And I said this you know almost first week of, of, of the presidency. I said that guy's not you know hinged. Well, I think drive him over the edge. Yeah, it could be a question from it could be a question of reporter screaming at him while he's getting on his you know helicopter. That's just going to make him completely snap. You know, you could, but you could argue that we've already seen him unhinged. I mean, at his rallies, at his, I mean, for many yeah. of us, we've already seen it. But for his, in order for him to appear unhinged to his own base. I can't well, imagine. I, I, I could, I, I've erased his base <laughs> from from the equation. They're not even part of the equation anymore. Mm. What what needs to, what I think needs is, is for more people to say, "We got to get this guy out of here," and then, then go out to vote. 
you know what I mean? His base is going to vote for him no matter what. Like he said, he can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and they're still going to vote for him. They're they're not even part of the equation anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But if if he if he does something, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about like slobbering, nervous breakdown kind of deal, not just like saying the stupid things he does says. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm literally talking about you know to have to bring out straight jackets instead of orange jumpsuits. <laughs> Unhinged. Well, I, think, I think he's that. I think he's capable of that, actually. You know. Well, it that, would be. That, I don't know. That'd be something. That 25th Amendment thing. Yeah. The fact that they said uh, whoever wrote that uh, opinion piece said there are a group of us. Yes. The group of us. Right. You know, and, and I'm sure he said to some of that group, I, I have to do this. I have to give this opinion piece to the New York Times. You know. I'm sure he said that. He, you know, there were certain people, and some people tried to talk him out of it, and probably more people said, "Go, yeah, I, do it." I, I wish I could do it. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. It's that whole group thing and that 25th Amendment thing. Those two things to me were more important written in that thing than anything else. You know what would blow? You know what would blow my yeah, mind yeah. if if it turns out to be? Can you imagine if it's like Sarah Huckabee Sanders? <laughs> I mean, that, pick well, pick the most unlikely. I mean, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah, I was, uh, Ivanka. <laughs> yeah. I know Ivanka can't write that well, but no. you know she could have. You know, <laughs> that would be that would be something else. You know, so um, I, Sarah Huckabee came up first. It was one of the um, that that actually came in my head. Is that Sarah Huckabee? <laughs> that was the first one that came to my mind when I read it. Well, you've got to figure that whoever wrote it may, in fact, I mean, whoever they are, if they're in a position where they're being asked about it now for public comment, that they have to say things like what Sarah Huckabee Sanders said about it yesterday. So you can imagine that you could author the piece and then be on all of our televisions, um, you know, uh, excoriating the person who dared uh, to write it and saying that we'll ferret them out. Yeah. How bizarre. This, 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 this is weird. And, and I have those. I go in, in, in and out of this is humorous. Yeah. This is dangerous no, and scary. It, it, it's mostly dangerous and scary. Somebody said it's like yeah. the horror movie when you think, oh, my God. They're calling from inside the house. Yeah, yeah I've heard three stand-ups. Um, oh, I'm really uh, doing that? Use, use that same reference, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that call came from inside the house. Inside the house. Right. You know how Donald, the Donald, is into loyalty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And his, his, his loyalty is like one of his things. And this is disloyalty at, at a high level. Yes, it is. It's freaking him out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It has to be freaking him out. Oh, God. Yeah, so, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine. But, uh, wow. And meanwhile, this goddamn Kavanaugh is going to get on the Supreme Court. Barring some brilliant, unbelievable, audacious move by uh, a Democrat. Or, 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 I mean, we've given up totally on the Republicans. One friggin' Republican. One. Just a, a pox on them all. And, and let me bring up something else. How many kids are, that were snatched from their parents are still not back with their parents? Oh, dear. It's in, it, it's, I think it's close to 500, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah and they're still, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, and, and, see, we forgot about them. They were snatched from their parents, and we're not even talking about it. That's right. <laughs> it's, 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 I like that, you know, unprecedented. Unprecedented. Well, who, I saw a presidential historian, Douglas Brinkley, uh, saying something like, this is unprecedented. I mean, <laughs> never in the history of the presidency as unprecedented, unprecedented. Although it was pointed out that in Reagan's final years, or days, months, I don't know yeah. what, in office, um, there were uh, there was talk among people um, in the White House of invoking the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Yeah. 
because he had Alzheimer's. He had Alzheimer's. And that was kept from us. What was it called? The reason they had all—that's the first time I watched hearings on TV. As a matter of fact, back during the Reagan years. Iran Contra. Iran Contra. Yeah, Iran Contra. Yeah. It was like, wow! I can't believe that our government does things like that. Yeah. That's how we get. Yeah. Wow. All Republican presidents. Yeah, it's always Republican presidents. It always is. And, you know, the other times were like uh, Richard Nixon. Um, there was a great deal of concern when he was nearing the end, when he was, like, drinking heavily and wandering around the the White House crying. Um, and I guess his defense secretary, James Schlesinger, actually informed the uh, – the, the top military guys not to carry if in fact they were given any kind of nuclear launch uh, order absolutely not so there are always these things when those but presidents have gone unhinged before and it's in, so Reagan with Alzheimer's Nixon because he was he's his world was collapsing around him and uh, and now we got Donald Trump and I want to thank the Republican Party they're just something else. Yeah. And the people who vote for them. Oh, God you. almighty. Well, they like them tax cuts, I guess. All righty. Well, yeah, well, they, yeah. I was going to say, the, 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 the top of the party likes this tax cuts. The, the base Doesn't, likes, hates those brown people. And yeah, that right. Those brown people. And, the, and those Everything. gay folks. Yeah. And, and those women. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh huh, and them gays, and that uh, yeah, uh, you got it. Hate, hate, hate. Yeah. I thank you. Bye, thank you. bye, bye. Bye. Um, back to our emails. Uh, Henry writes, "What better way to win over the hearts of all Americans, and perhaps with the, win the next election, than to position yourself as the adult in the room, looking out for the country, while the president hides in the hallways, afraid to enter the Oval Office?" I think it's pent. Yes, I can hear the callers, but the caller sound toggles between mono and stereo. I'm hearing that, too. I can hear that in my headphones. So, yeah. Too bad we don't have a sound engineer on the premises. We don't. Uh... Mary, Mary says, it occurred to me that this op-ed is prep work for invoking the 25th Amendment. And the 25th would potentially deem Trump not of sound mind, which would undercut his ability to flip and bring everyone else down with him. This thing is nothing but cowardice and politics. Let's have a drink soon. <laughs> I, I'm on it! Okay. Okay. Yeah, the caller thing is mono stereo. You're not losing them, but you're losing um, part of it or something. Uh, oh, God. The old Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. Well, I... I really uh, fear. <laughs> I, I I cannot laugh. I know one of you said, you know, you toggle between laughing and fearing. I guess that was Clarence. I I've really lost my ability. I have not lost my sense of humor. I've lost my uh, ability to laugh about this because it is so consequential. It is so damaging and even if somehow we claw ourselves back into a semblance of what we recognized as the United States of America um, I'd, I think the damage is lasting the damage of trust the tribalism the um, this is 
the fact that none of us or practically nobody trusts anything anymore. You can't um, you can't have a country then. You can have an autocracy, which is what he's going to try to do. And before it's over, he will become more and more, attempt to be more and more autocratic. The very, he, the very reaction he had to the peace, uh, insisting that it was treason and that the New York Times was to turn over this person. What does it say? He tweeted, If the gutless anonymous person does indeed exist, the Times must, for national security purposes, turn him or her over to the government at once. Well, again, he's just exhibiting that he does not comprehend at all basic freedoms <laughs> that are in our Constitution. The Constitution, I recall him pledging to protect uh, doesn't have a clue but this is that's what an autocrat would want you turn that guy over right now and that's treason treason because he thinks he's the country and because it was harmful to him it's harmful to the country this is a real messed up totally messed up human being Oh, what am I saying? Something you don't know. Barbara writes, so far this morning, the senators have spent the first hour of the confirmation hearings sparring over release of confidential documents. Am I the only person who is very curious about why William Burke has this power regarding the documents? He currently represents Steve Bannon, among others. I don't get it. Well, wait. You're, I, see, I don't know who Bob Burke is. Okay, let's get this. More than 100,000 documents relating to Kavanaugh's tenure as President George W. Bush's staff secretary are being withheld from public scrutiny, and that the decision to keep those records secret had been made by a private attorney, Bob Burke, who currently represents several current and former Donald Trump administration officials involved in special counsel Robert Mueller's ongoing investigation. What? I did not know this, Barbara. Thank you for sending it to me. You're, you're saying that it is this private attorney who is representing Steve Bannon and others who are caught up in the Mueller probe who have put the kibosh on these documents that Kavanaugh wrote and that the Democrats think they need to see and that we maybe need to see before he could become a Supreme Court justice? She goes on, that attorney, William Burke, was once Kavanaugh's deputy in the Bush White House. He currently represents Bannon, Trump's former chief of staff. He currently represents Reince Priebus, former White House chief of staff. And he currently represents Don McGahn, the White House counsel who is leaving immediately after these confirmation hearings, who also talked for 30 hours to Mueller. You know something really slimy might be afoot here. It's not that we don't know that Republicans are capable of being totally unprincipled in their pursuit of power, and in this case, in their pursuit of packing the Supreme Court for the next 30 years. It's why they have hung with Trump. 
And it could be if and after Kavanaugh is seated that you will see some Republicans starting to peel away, feeling like, well, you know, we got enough. Let's get rid of this clown. I don't know. But that any of them should be welcome in respectable company ever again is off the absolutely, it's untenable to me that that would happen. Okay, Bree is oh suggesting something that is even more nuts. He's saying, how about the writer of this is Trump? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I I don't I don't think he's I don't think he's capable. I really don't. I mean, that requires uh, a level of uh, finesse and uh, that I, I, I just don't think he has. Well, speaking of Priebus, I mean, he's the one who offered up that... Uh, that quote to Woodward talking about what it's like in the White House. And he said this, when you put a snake and a rat and a falcon and a rabbit and a shark and a seal in a zoo without walls, things start getting nasty and bloody. And that's what happens. He was painting a picture of this White House. I just, is there any way, no, there isn't. I so want the people who voted for him to f at some point feel the shame that they should feel. see the destruction they have caused. And it ain't going to happen, is it? Because they're incapable of thinking much at all, of introspection, probably not a bit. They're much like Trump. They're much like Trump. They're selfish, impetuous, and childish. And there's a whole lot of them. I believe we have a call. Hello, caller. Hello, Lynn. Yeah. I, I think it's that call, um, person who wrote that, I think it's expressing opinions of, of more than just one person. Oh yeah. Isn't that but so? I don't, I'm kind of thinking it's the general, but that's just me. And I think that Trump is not going to get thrown out of there. I think we're going to have to vote the bastard out. I don't think it's going to be that easy with him. Uh, his numbers will be so bad that he won't even run again. But I think he's in there for the long haul. I really do. See, I don't. I think we're. I think he's gone before. I don't see him having two more years. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I hope I'm right too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Uh, changing the subject. The Wall Street Journal has come out with their college rankings. I hate these things. First of all, there's so many damn colleges. I mean, this thing, this fine print goes on forever. Want me to look anybody up? I can't because I have to go through every... I sort of dribbled through it. Um, and I can... Uh, the top public schools... 
are number one, UCLA, number two, my brother's school, University of Michigan, number three, Berkeley, number four, North Carolina at Chapel Hill, number five, University of California, Davis. Now, understand in the top five public schools, three of the five are the University of California campuses. Coming in six, Purdue, seven, University of California, San Diego. Let's make that now four. Uh, eight, University of Illinois. Nine, University of Virginia. And ten, United States Military Academy. The top ten in overall everything, Harvard, number one, MIT, number two, Yale, Columbia, California Institute of Technology, Stanford, Brown, Duke, those are tied, Princeton, and Penn, University of Pennsylvania. Not to be mistaken with Penn State, which uh, I can't imagine where that is. Okay, and in general, the rankings, I'm looking. Uh, my alma mater, Northwestern, came in at number 13. Uh, Carnegie Mellon comes in at number 16. That's the first one uh, around here. My sister's alma mater, Washington University of St. Louis, comes in at 18. Overall, University of Michigan at 28. Where I finally graduated, University of Madison, Wisconsin, Madison, 66. Let's see where Pitt is. Here it is. Pitt is number 80. Believe me, that's high up. Believe me, that's high up. Duquesne is 229. Even that's high up. <laughs> There's so many. Uh, all right, that's all. And Chatham, still. They, there's only 500 listed. Chatham makes the cut at 460, at number 464. So, I don't know where Penn State was on here. I could look, but I, I mean, you can sit and do this till you're blue in the face. Um, best values. They do a few different um, breakdowns. Small schools with the best value, meaning provide the best education based on overall price. Number one, Berea, Berea, Berea College in Kentucky. Number two, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. That's good. Number three, University of Washington, Seattle. Purdue, number four, University of California, UCLA, number five, and that's one of the best schools. Wow, and they're saying it doesn't cost much. Number six, Harvard for best value? Excuse me. Number seven, University of Illinois, Chicago campus. Number eight, Georgia Institute of Technology. Nine, Rutgers. And ten, Stanford. Um, okay, you want one more list? I'll give you one more list because I got nothing else and I can't. Okay, this is the highest ranked colleges uh, that in liberal arts. What are those? You mean there's colleges that teach liberal arts? <laughs> Here they are. Number one, Amherst. I'm just going down. Williams. My brother taught there. Pomona College. Number four, Wellesley. My brother taught there. College. Swarthmore. Claremont McKenna, Carleton, that's in Minnesota, Middlebury, Haverford, and Smith. There you have it. I don't know. So that's it. And uh, God knows what's going to be hap happening between now and tomorrow morning, but 
we'll talk about it, whatever the hell it is. And I do have to note, tomorrow's Friday, right? I do have to note that um, I, I, Monday I will not be here. It's the Jewish New Year. I'll find out what the date is. Um, and I'm, I never work on the Jewish New Year. <laughs> so I will not be able to be here. So I'll, after tomorrow, then I'll see you on, on Tuesday, okay, when I suppose Susan will be joining us. Anyway, hang in there. And uh, if, you, if you're the type, pray a lot. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.